This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, live from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino like we do every single Monday night. Monday night football action will be on these screens in a matter of a few hours. But we are here to kind of get you excited, get you fired up, be the soundtrack to the finish of week seven in that 2021 NFL season. Can't believe that we are already just about through with seven weeks of the season. And, of course, we're coming to you at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino following another Raiders victory. The Raiders take care of business over the Philadelphia Eagles, 33-22. I'm still seeing some Eagle fans walking around as I was walking into the Oyo. I saw a couple. I actually saw one guy who I think he's still a little confused or maybe he's just trying to, take an L and get a dub at the same time. He was wearing a Philadelphia Eagles shirt and Raider mask. So I said, okay, well, that's fine. He's living the best of both worlds, but uh, there's still a lot of folks in town. Headed over here, I saw a lot of traffic on the 15, a lot of folks heading out of town after the little music festival that was going over the weekend. So if you're out there on the road and you're heading over to Toyo, be careful. Be careful anyway, but, I mean, just being careful in general is a, is a smart thing to do. But uh, this is where we're at. We're going to be here for the next few hours. Of course, we're going to lead you into Monday Night Football and then uh, be here after that. Got a bunch of prizes for you. I'm looking at a Modelo Raiders pennant, looking at a Hooters calendar. And I'm not going to lie to you. I talk about my buddy, uh, I call him Pops, that uh, lives in Texas. And we used to meet at Hooters every Thursday after I got off my radio show at ESPN Central Texas. We'd meet there every Thursday for what we called drinks. We were the TABC, the Thursday Afternoon Beer Club. That's what we called ourselves. I know, you're cool when you have a club name for drinking beer at Hooters. <laughs> you know you're cool when. Anyway, uh, Pops is a big Hooters guy, so I'm not going to lie to you. I had to uh, make sure I sent him a, uh, a Hooters calendar, so uh, he's, got it. he's got it at his house in Central Texas. But you can have it. What's up, Pops? Another Pops just walked in. Not Pops that I'm talking about, but another Pops just walked in. Cassie just walked in. Unk just walked in. What's up, Unk? And family just walked in. We're here hanging out. So I sent Pops uh, this Hooters calendar, and I know he'll appreciate it. But I also have Raider Nation Radio 920 T-shirts. I got some cups, some koozies. And as a matter of fact, these cups, you could actually use it for beer pong if you want. And I don't ever suggest playing beer pong because that's a crazy little style game for the youngsters. But I'm looking at these cups the way that they're lined up, and I figured, you know what? If you had a ping pong ball, we could play some. We could play some cups real quick or play some, uh, some beer pong right now. But either way, whatever you want to do with these cups is fine. We have a ton of prizes for you that uh, we'll bring to you and we'll give to you today if you come on by here and hang out with us. So got a loaded show for you today. Of course, Raider Nation, want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line is always wide open like some old school TV antennas. 69187, keyword R&R. Want to know your thoughts on what you saw from a 33-22 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. I really want to make it real simple today. I always come with a topic for the show. It's real easy today. Who are you giving a game ball to? And tell, Before you say Derek Carr, 
Before you tell me you're going to give a game ball to Derek Carr for his huge performance, let's eliminate him because that's a, that's a no-brainer. If you're not giving Derek Carr a game ball, then you just don't like him. <laughs> and you don't want to give him any props. So we don't even have to do that. We'll give him a collective game ball. I, I, I already did that. I already gave him the game ball. So outside of Derek Carr, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Who are you giving a game ball to for their efforts on Sunday? Another dominating performance. I mentioned, and Damon, who's back in the home studio, we did the pregame, pregame show live from Allegiant Stadium on the Coors Light landing yesterday. Q's kickoff is what we call it. And I said I thought that the score was going to be similar to the score against Denver, and the score against Denver was 34-24. I was close. 33-22 is pretty close. And just like that score against Denver, I felt like really the Raiders dominated even more than what that score shows you or told you. So if you just went and looked at the box score following the game, you thought, oh, that was, that was a nice win. No, it was a dominating performance. There's no doubt about it. The Raiders went out there and dominated from beginning to end. Had that little hiccup at the very beginning with a tip ball. But Derek Carr and the rest of the offense really bounced back 31 to 34. The guy had three incompletions on the day. The guy threw for over 91%. <laughs> I mean, there's not much more you can ask him to do. Not much more you can ask that offense to do that, oh, by the way, didn't have Darren Waller. Speaking of Darren Waller, Darren Waller, there's a Darren Waller jersey at the bar. There's a 15 jersey uh, serving drinks at the bar. I don't know if that's a Crabtree or an Aguilar. I'll investigate. But uh, there's still a lot of Raider Nation out celebrating. So uh, we definitely want you to come on by and hang out with us. So Raider Nation, hit us up. Let us know your thoughts, 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Who are you giving game balls to? Who are you giving a game ball to besides Derek Carr? Let me know your thoughts. My man, DeMond Cotton, as mentioned, is in the home studios right now making things go. He's my main guy. DeMond, you were on the uh, pregame, pregame show. Q's kickoff on a Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. You said the Raiders need to go out and dominate. You felt they were going to go out and dominate. They did go out and dominate. What are your thoughts? You know what? Going back to the score prediction that we had, it was basically how I called it. I had it 27-20, but I also said the, like, the score is not going to be indicative of how like, close that the game was. Because I said that they'll probably get like a late touchdown and make it look closer than it was. We were both pretty close on our scores. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So I'll give us both that. You know, we we're both pretty close. Yeah. No, not bad. Not bad at all. And I, I think the biggest thing was that it was a more dominating victory than even the score says. I mean, it was just simple as that. They went out there and absolutely dominated. I said in Denver they probably played their best game of the season. I hate to and go back and say, yeah, I hate to go back and say they probably played their best game of the season, but they probably did. Because on Sunday here, they just they went out there and, and absolutely handled their business, especially especially after allowing the Eagles to get the first touchdown of the game. I thought I felt like Jonathan Hankins he had that holding penalty that I found a little suspect that you get a holding penalty on a defensive lineman, but that's a whole other conversation. And I felt like that penalty kind of jump started the Eagles' offense. They went right down the field and scored. And I know for two seconds, and I I hate that I did this, but for two seconds I thought in the in the press box. Oh, damn. Is it going to be one of these days? Are we going to be talking about on Monday what happened? And then, all, lo and behold, the only thing the Raiders did is go and rattle off 30 unanswered points and made me realize. Even my mom texted me about late in the third quarter said, this game is over. When's the last time? Think about that, Raider Nation. Think about that real quick. When is the last time you or someone you know watching a Raider game hit you up well before the game was over and said, this game is over and the Raiders are winning? When's the last time that happened? I couldn't tell you the last time that happened. It's been a while. Even that Denver game, there was a minute where I thought, now if they keep playing with their food like they're playing with it, it could end up getting a little interesting. But, of course, they closed the door. It has been a while, and I don't know the last time exactly that that happened where you can text your buddy and say, oh, this game's in the books. It's a wrap. 
I couldn't tell you the last time that happened. But shout out to the, the Raiders for making that happen. Shout out to the Raiders for shutting up the Eagle fans that were loud early in the game, right? I had people hitting me up. Q, it sounds like an Eagles home game. That didn't last long. That's how you, and I mentioned it in the Bears game, that's how you shut up a crowd that's not the home crowd. They're going to go to the stadium. We want them to come to Las Vegas. We want them to spend money. That's good for all of us. And I say us in big capital us. <laughs> it's great for us. We want them to come and spend money. But you also want them to go home upset. Or like the dude that was walking down here that had a, a, a Raider mask on and an Eagle shirt. He was conflicted. You remember that uh, tweet that Mick Akers <laughs> tweeted out where it was like, oh, the plane the plane coming back, coming to Vegas? Yes. I seen somebody quote tweet. It was like, now show us the flight going back home. Right, exactly. And I, when I used to live in Texas and I'd come here, the flight into Vegas about, I don't know, when you're about 30 minutes out, like the flight attendants are like, you're almost in Las Vegas. It's going to be so fun. People start cheering. Like I started ordering more drinks, you know, and everything. It's like, okay, we're going to go party. And then after that three-day just go, 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 the flight back is always quiet. Heads hurting, don't have no sleep, got a hangover that you don't want to admit that you have. You know what I mean? Like, that's the feeling leaving. Well, that's how a lot of Eagle fans left probably this morning. They were just sick because the Raiders ran off 30 points unanswered. That's like being in a street fight and consistently getting your ass whooped and punched and punched and punched. And when you go and say, uncle, they don't understand uncle, and they keep punching and punching and punching. That's what the Raiders did. That's what you call a dominating victory. When you ran off 30 unanswered points, that's incredible. That was, that was, that was a thing of beauty right there. So you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Coming up on today's show, coming up at 2.30, Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ. I got a relationship with Plunk now, it feels like. I talked to him last Monday, talked to him on Friday, going to talk to him again today. He was at Allegiant yesterday. My man Los got to meet him. Shout out to Los. He's in the building. You hear him in the background. Giving the old ludicrous, ooh, ooh, giving that. About to start a party up in here. Plunk, me and Plunk have a great relationship going, so he'll join the show coming up at 2.30, talk about what he saw from Derek Carr in particular. Got to give him a lot of props. Then, Things could kind of change quick, fast, in a hurry. you got to stay on the swivel, as we always do, because you never know. A couple, uh, a couple Raiders, current Raiders, may join the show at some point. I'm still waiting to hear from the Raiders. And, Damon, keep your head on a swivel because that hotline may start ringing and we may have to just kind of navigate through the waters. But at 3.15 on Friday, I was at Fred Bolitnikoff's Crab Fest, and I got a chance. And I went there with the intentions of really working hard and interviewing, like, every player that was there, every former Raider that was there. But once I got there, I decided that I didn't feel like working very hard. So I didn't. But I did talk to the Mad Bomber, because if you're going to be in the same building with the Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica, you got to have some time with him, right? So we got Jim Plunkett at 2.30, and then I'm going to take it back a little further, and we're going to have Daryl LaMonica at 3.15. You'll hear that conversation from Friday. He was very entertaining. He was fun to talk to. Then, and I might have to navigate this too, I'm tentatively, if that's the right word, thinking at 2.45, and I know I'm scatter shooting all over the place, but that's okay. 2.45, I had a conversation with Shaquille O'Neal on Saturday as well. He was over at the Doolittle Parks, and he has re, uh, renovated them, and they're beautiful. They're awesome. Uh, he was really cool. Only had a couple minutes with them. It was big, crowded out there. And it's funny, I tweeted out the picture of me talking to Shaq, and everyone's like, damn, you're little. No, I'm not little. He's just large. <laughs> Jared and I were also laughing about I showed Jared the picture today, and we both got a good smile out of that. I mean, it, you know, I'm 5'11". He's not. 
<laughs> right? So I'm not the tallest dude, and he is. Even my mom texted me and was like, dang, you look small. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I know I am not Shaq's size. There's a reason why he dominated in the league for so long, because he is larger than everybody else. Still, somebody, you know, everyone's got the, uh, the comments that they have whenever you're around Shaq or someone like that. There's always, like, you know, the OG that played on the, on the, on the, uh, on the blacktop that, you know, has got the skills. So a All couple I got to do is put that form in his back. He yeah, yeah. A couple guys from the crowd were like, Shaq, I'll pay you one-on-one for $100. Shaq's like, man, you're too little, dude. Just straight up. He didn't even look at him. He just turned. He's like, you're too little. You're too little. And I'm thinking, yep, you're right. It would take me and him on top of each other's shoulders. Make it, take it. I get the ball first. I ain't missing, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you this. To Shaq's credit, he, uh, he offered up to pay for everyone's laptop, all these kids' laptop. If, uh, if a young man could hit a Steph Curry, he called it a Steph Curry three-pointer. And he said, I'll buy everyone the laptop if you hit this. And one guy shot it, and I'll tell you, off the hand, it looked in. It looked like it was going in. It rimmed right out. But to Shaq's credit and his foundation's credit, Shaq went halves on it, and the foundation went the other half on it. So all the kids that were over there at Doolittle still got free laptops from Shaq, doing a lot of good community service here in Las Vegas. He got the key to the city from the mayor. That was awesome. So... I, I'm scheduled to have that interview play at 2.45, then Daryl LaMonica at 3.15, and then Ed Graney from the ES, ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Cassie's uh, workmates there at the RJ is going to join us at 3.30 to talk about the game and also talk about UNLV. So as you can tell, we have a loaded show for you. We're here at the OYO, and I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also the Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Handing out game balls. Let's start things off with my man, Travell in Sacramento, the 916 representing. What's up, Travell? What's on your mind? You, what's popping, my guy? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a rah-rah type of fan, but the Raiders got me feeling rah-rah right now. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> hey, hey, I was in Vegas this weekend for my sister's wedding. I got to walk her down the aisle. I got to see a couple of shows, and before I left, I got to see the Raiders. Stomp the Eagles. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great about it. And then on top of that, I'm, I'm going back to Vegas. Vegas treated me good. <laughs> Not like the Chicago game. You're hooked now. You're <laughs> hooked. <Chicago>. I'm hooked. <laughs> I'm happy I had to go to Chicago because from what I heard from that, it wasn't that great. But this weekend no. was good. Uh, game ball, I'm going to give it to um, King and Drake. Josh Jacobs went out and he, King and Drake did his thing. Yeah. It wasn't nothing stellar, but like he was, he was consistent. Very consistent. Um, and I flew back to Sacramento wearing, like, just a T-shirt and shorts, and it was pouring cats and dogs. So I, I, I'll, I'll digress on that. I do <laughs> want to give a PSA out, though, just for everybody. that in, the, in North California, if you're driving in the rain, please keep up with your tire maintenance because they're bald and you're slipping everywhere. And this rain will humble you, just like the Raiders humbled those Eagles fans that came into Allegiant and thought they was going to rock the place, and we shut them down. Nice. I like it. I love it. Thank you so much, Travell, for the call. And, yeah, man, in Northern Cali, be careful you're driving. That rain ain't no joke. I've I seen pictures of flooding in Daly City. I've seen flooding in the 408. Uh, everyone be careful out there, man. That ain't no joke. That, that, uh, those storms are major. So thank you for that call, Travell. I appreciate you. Uh, let's hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind, Raider Mike? What is up, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Thanks for your boys taking the Muppet King's head off. That was beautiful. I, I thought he was almost dead. I mean, that guy, 
I, I thought his neck got That snapped. was bad. Yeah, that was bad. That was brutal. But uh, they didn't feel that sorry for us when uh, that fat-ass Saragusa jumped <laughs> on Dan's leg. You right. know? So I ain't going to feel sorry for the Muppet King. You know? The new king is D.C., and he's the obvious game ball. I mean, that was a historic performance, number two in history as far as pass percentage. And I think you got the tape from Friday for the game ball I'm going to give out to Foster Monroe. I okay. said that this game is going to be his breakout game, and it was. He absolutely killed it. Just so proud of my team. And uh, we're just going to keep getting better. Yeah. D.C. is the only QB that could have withstood the assassination on our team a couple weeks ago. The only guy. He's been through five head coaches. And they never gave him the keys to the Lamborghini. Now he has them. And look what's happening. This guy is going to tear the league apart. He might get 6,000 yards passing. I mean, that's how good he is playing now. And the weapons we have, we threw to nine receivers. Six guys ran the ball. I mean, this is, this is going to get just funner and funner and funner, and Olsen just gets to go, keep guessing. You don't know what I'm going to do, ever. And that is a huge thing right now in this league, not knowing what we're going to do, because in the past, they knew exactly what we were going to do. Yeah. And uh, so I'm proud of our boys, and now we get the Giants. We're going to crush that team. That team's a joke. So anyway... We did stifle those Eagles fans, which also was, I, I had to, I'll, I'll come back to Friday's call. Don't let them shut us down. And the only way to do that, because they are, they're Raiders East. They really are. They're rowdy. Rowdy's fan base next to ours. And we shut them up. 30 unanswered points. Bam. All right. Thank you for that call, Raider Mike. Appreciate you. Yeah, and you're right. They absolutely, uh, you know, Raider Nation did a great job of, of, of drowning out the Eagle fans, and the Raiders did a great job on the field, and that's exactly what you've got to do. Let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick, 702-365-9200. Rich in Oakland, what's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, what's up, Q? Beautiful day, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even though it's raining in the Bay, it's still a beautiful day, right? Hey, man, it's a beautiful day to be alive and a beautiful day to be a Raider fan, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I know you got a lot of callers, so I'm going to make it quick. I just want to say uh, player of the game, entire O-line, especially Colton Miller. Colton Miller hasn't gave up a sack all year. That boy is a stud, man. I'm grateful for him. He doesn't get a lot of praise. He comes in and works every single day, and he's gotten better every single year. Derek Carr, he's balling. The defense is balling. Let's keep it up. Let's stay humble. I don't want to hear too much about smacking the Giants because we know what happened. You know, we always collapse uh, second half of the season, but I don't think this happens with this team. Uh, with the foundation that's set, you know, the brotherhood in the locker room, Rich Passaccio, we're riding behind you. You know, love this team. Let's heal up. Let's get ready to smack the Giants. You know, but let's stay humble. I want to see Derek Carr keep balling like this. I want to see him keep it up in the second half of the season. I believe in him. I believe in the mindset of the players. Let's keep getting these dubs, keep stacking them, baby. I'll catch you later, Q. Have a great week, brother. 
All right, you too. I appreciate you. That's Rich right there calling out of Oakland, the 510. Appreciate you. Stay safe from the Bay, my man, and really good call, really good call. You're right. We do have a lot to get to, so let's keep going. Again, coming up at 2.30, we got Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champion. He'll break down what he saw. We also got a lot of text to get to as well and uh, got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's up next is my man Bo. What's on your mind, Bo? I just wanted to get my game balls. Obviously, one's going to go to D.C. because he's balling out of control. But my two, I got two game balls. One, one for the whole defensive line because they're balling out of control. And then the other one, just like your last caller, the offensive line, man, no sacks. Take D.C. upright so he can deliver the ball with 91.2% accuracy. This team is balling. We got a bye week coming up. Let's go, Raiders. There you go. A lot of passion in that call, Bo. Appreciate you. The D-line gets a game ball and another one for the O-line. And I agree, two games in a row, the offensive line hasn't given up a sack. That's good, especially saying that they had all the adjustments that they had to make, kicking Leatherwood into guard and uh, hoping that a guy like uh, Brandon Parker would be able to hold up, hoping a guy like John Simpson would be able to step up. And Andre James continued to improve. And so far through two games, uh, all is good. And so uh, continue to give a lot of props to Tom Cable for being able to get those guys uh, where they're at. Uh, let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Avant Raider, what's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, Coop. Hey, we got to give it to uh, Foster Moreau because, uh, you know, filling in for arguably one of the best NFL players, if not the best tight end in the NFL, and right. stepping in, doing it, handling business, running the route, keeping the Eagles honest. You got to go with Foster Moreau. Okay. Really do. Sounds good. Uh, I like it, it. Go ahead. And another. Another thing, man, once I had to take uh, – I go to the same gym as Tyson Fury used to go to. Yeah. And I, sh- I, sh- I showed my pops a picture, and he's like, damn, bro. He's like, you look kind of small. I'm like, that man is 340 pounds. <laughs> right. So I, feel you, I feel you. I'm like, that guy's a giant. Right. So I feel you, man. I Give us you. a break, man. These monsters, man. Yeah. We're, we're just normal people. <laughs> I'm an average dude, man. Right, exactly. All right, good stuff, man, good stuff. Appreciate you. I got time for one more call before we take a quick break. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Raider Loke. What's on your mind, my man? Or not. All right, I guess no Raider Loke today. That's okay. Are we, uh, are, are, are we, do we have him, Devon? Hello? Hello? Oh, there he is. Hello? What's up? Raider Loke, what's up, man? Hey, what's, what's up? Yeah. What's up, Q? How's it going, man? Just good, man. Just from Vegas on to L.A. right now. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, I want to give uh, two game balls. The first game ball was just for your previous caller. I want to give that to Foster Morrow. I mean, he really stepped up really big. Devin Waller was out was out last minute, and he came huge. And the second game ball I want to give it to is uh, is a combination of a uh, of a clean of a uh, Johnny Kinkakwe and Max Crosby. I mean, when was the last time we had a defense that that we could rely on to just seal this game? First, it was the Denver Broncos, and now it's against the Eagles. I mean, our defense is night and day, giving away. Yeah. 30-plus points last season, and now we're giving un- giving away under that. So big props to our defense. And, you know, just for yesterday, I actually toured the stadium on Friday. I went to the game on Sunday. Great vibe. I mean, with the atmosphere was there. It was 50, I would say 50-50, you know, Eagles and Raiders. I was walking the trip Saturday and Friday, man. It was a ton of Eagle fans. But they were loud, but as soon as we shut them out, they were really quiet, and the Raider fans were making noise. Yes, one, one last quick note. Yesterday, uh, what I decided to wear was uh, a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 15 snapback and my Jimmy Plunkett. And I knew real fans, even the Eagles fans, were going to recognize that. And I got some heels. Like, man, why you got to wear Super Bowl MVP against the Eagles, man? What the heck, man? <laughs> I got so much heat, but, man, we had a great time. Right. 
Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Uh, Yannick and Max getting the game balls. And uh, I'll tell you, man, Yannick has four sacks and Max has five. The guys push each other. They really do in practice and in the games. They compete. Matter of fact, Rich Basaccia met with the media a little while ago, and I actually asked him that question because that's what Ngakwe told us yesterday after the game, that they push each other like no other to be excellent. So throughout the course of the show, if we have a little bit of time, we can hear Rich Basaccia to comment on Unique and Max pushing each other. But uh, let's take a quick break. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino right across from the MGM. Come on and hang out. As uh, we already got folks rolling in, we want to get ready and get excited for Monday Night Football action. Coming up next, we'll have Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, talk about what he saw last night or the yesterday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. You know, obviously we take mental health very serious around here, and, and um, we have great leaders in that department with certainly Max and certainly with Darren Waller and the things that um, he's done for our teammates and certainly for our organization. So I, I always give those guys, you know, there's part of our meetings, like I've talked about before, they can come upstairs or we can have it in our meetings that we're in and, and um, just let them know that we're all available for them at any time. We can talk about everything from a lot of guys have kids, a lot of guys have um, things going on off the field. So when it's time to talk about football, we can deal with football. When it's time to talk about maybe some issues they may have or things they have, we're going to have a great support system for that but the coaches as well we are a part of that support system where a lot of us are older guys and we've been through some issues so we'd like to think that we could possibly have some wisdom to share with them there you hear it that's uh, interim head coach rich basaccia from earlier today met with the media had a good really good media session i like how rich basaccia handles his business at the media sessions he comes in with notes he sits down and he goes through it and he's very uh, as a matter of fact, he pays attention to you. Not saying that Gruden didn't pay attention to you, but he is very locked in on what you're asking him and looks you dead in your eye. I mean, he's just he's a he's a he's a man's type of man. You know what I mean? Like where he'll just really he gives you a lot of uh, of attention and he tries to break down the answer to the best of his ability. So that was Rich Basaccia earlier today talking about mental health and how much it means to the organization and why that they are so locked in on on mental health and what they're doing. And that kind of comes from the question that Kenyon Drake answered last night at the media session that I thought was great about the reason why the team did not cradle to crater to adversity was because they all had a meeting before the season in the indoor facility. And they all talked about issues that they have on the field, issues they have off the field, where their concerns lie, where they feel good, you know, just kind of got to know each other. And he said that brought us close. And then when adversity struck, we got even closer. I've said it ever since this whole situation shook out, and I hate to keep referring to the situation, but it is what it is. We all know that. The team could have gone two different ways. Simple. It's really simple. They could gel, and they could bond, and they could blow up, or they could just bomb in a bad way. And they chose to blow up and do good things. First two games without Chucky on the sideline, they, they get it done. And they get it done in dominating fashion. So you got to give them a lot of props. You got to give the coaching staff and the players that hold themselves accountable in that locker room to get it done. Now, we're expected to have Jim Plunkett join us in a couple minutes. We're here live at the Oyo Underground Lounge inside the inside of Oyo Hotel and Casino. So, DeMond, just let me know uh, when we have him on the line. The Raiders just tweeted out we signed free agent tight end Daniel Helm. Additionally, we signed offensive lineman 
Hieronis Grasso to the practice squad and place HaHa Clinton Dix on the COVID-19 reserve list. So uh, that's just a quick little update. Now, as promised, two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett is on the phone lines. And, and Jim, it's, it's great to talk to you again. I feel like we have a great relationship going. We talked on Monday. We talked on Friday. And here we are again talking today following a Raiders victory. Uh, they're 5-2, and two, headed into the bye week. And I got to start with Derek Carr. I mean, the guy went out there and just killed it, 31 for 34, over 91%. As far as his passing rating, what did you see from D.C. and, and, and how, how, how proud are you were, or how proud of him were you just seeing that performance? It was a great performance. There's no doubt about it. You know, the, the statistics you just mentioned, 31 to 34, not easy to do against air, you know, right. in practice. And, uh, you know, it was a great performance on his part. Uh, he went to uh, shoot. He had nine different receivers that he went to. He made things happen all over the field. It was very exciting uh, to watch. He was what I like to call in the zone. You know, he had that interception, that tip, tip bat pass interception early, right. and then just got into the zone. When you're a quarterback and you're in the zone, what does it feel like? What is, is there any pass you can't make at that point? Well, you don't think you can't. You know, <laughs> right. it's uh, like everything is just uh, you've, got a, you've got great vision that day. The protection is good, and when it's not, you get out of trouble and still find somebody down the field. You know, those are great moments to have, uh, you know, in a career during the course of uh, several ball games. It just occurs, and, you know, a lot of it's from hard work, a lot of it's from concentration, uh, but they just occur occasionally, and, uh, you know, it's a great feeling when it does. Talking right now with two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett for the Raiders here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, and one point of the game that I thought was a, a, a almost a tipping point, and I don't think it really was, but I think it kind of gave the Raiders a little bit extra energy is uh, they got called for a penalty, and, and – uh, uh, the Eagles decided to to take the, the yardage and give Derek right. Carr and that offense another opportunity. And I know it was third and 12, so they backed him up. But I just kind of felt like it was a bad decision to give Derek Carr and this offense one more chance. And then they hit it down the field to, to Zay Jones. Do you take that personal as a quarterback if they if they decide, hey, we're going to we're going to back you up and give you one more shot? Do you take that personal? Uh, sometimes you do. You know, you, you know, they think uh, they got it under control. They think you're not good enough or, or, you know, you can get the job done in that situation. And sometimes it comes back to bite you in the butt. And, you know, that Zay Jones only had one catch, but it was 43 yards and a big turning point in the ballgame, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's, I, I just I found that to be a little strange. I think the officials were a little thrown off. I know the team had ran off the field, had to run back on. It was, just, it was a strange turn of events. And uh, I wanted to ask you also about Greg Olson. He's been calling the plays the last two weeks, and it looks like him and Derek Carr are really on the same page. And I know they go back together back even to his rookie year, but it seems like he's in a rhythm, and that's what play calling is, is just a rhythm. What are you seeing from Greg Olson, the play caller? Well, you know, obviously, you know, he does his homework. He, you know, he get, tries to put the – Offense in, in, in a good situation each and every time. They know what they do uh, on first, second, and third down. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, defense of the other uh, ball clubs. And he, he tries to call the best play in that situation. But when that doesn't happen, it's all, you know, it's all on, on Derek Carr to be able to make a, either uh, an audible or uh, a come up with a more time in the, uh, in the backfield by moving around a little bit, giving himself more time. And things are just really clicking for those two guys. You know, we started off 3-0. Had a slump, lost two straight games, and, and bounced back very strongly, especially offensively. Uh, and uh, you know, you know, they're right in the ship. They're making, doing all the right things that they're supposed to do, and making some really good decisions during the course of a ball game. What? Uh, well, now it's been two weeks for Greg Olson to call these plays. How long do you think he can call plays where maybe defensive coordinators haven't 
haven't really seen enough to understand what his method to his madness is. How long do you think he can kind of run with this before they start to catch up? Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, they may never catch up. You know, you, know, you call up – no matter what play you call up, it's still up to the uh, offense to do to get the job done, the quarterback, right. the offensive line to do the blocking. Uh, so sometimes you might call the wrong play in the wrong situation, and somehow, you know, the offense makes it work. Uh, and that's when things really are going good for you when that occurs. Uh, but, you know, and sometimes you take a chance. You know, you, you, you know, look for a, an opening uh, down the football field and, and you hit it. And you feel good about yourself because you made the right call in the right situation. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's been some calls that, you know, they weren't happy that they made during the course of the ball game. And, you know, and, you know it hurts a little bit, but, you know, you've got to be able to uh, be versatile, bounce back, and, and get the, uh, the ball rolling again. Got the great Jim Plunkett right now with us on Raider Nation Radio 920, live from the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And I just wanted to ask about Foster Moreau. He steps in, you know, and fills the void that Darren Waller left. I mean, he was a last minute. He wasn't playing. It was a shock to a lot of people, but uh, he wasn't able to go. And Foster Moreau goes and has six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, how impressed were you that Derek Carr was able to kind of feed him the ball just like he would Waller, but it's not Waller. It's, it's Foster Moreau. Uh, you know, you know, they're both very good players. Obviously, uh, Waller's, you know, really becoming one of the main tight ends in this uh, in this league. But Foster Moreau, uh, as you know, when you're stepped up, you know, it's next man up kind of thing. And he stepped in, did a great job, as you mentioned, six sketches, sixty yards, um, and you know, it also helped open up the other receivers. Like I said, you know, a lot of guys, uh, nine different guys, caught uh, passes uh, from Derek Carr. Uh, uh, the other night and uh, the other day. And, uh, you know, he spread it around, and, and, and Moreau was a big part of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So the Raiders head into the bye week at 5-2. and two. They get an opportunity now to get healthy, and then they're going to travel to New York to take on the Giants in, in week nine. What is the most important thing for the team to do uh, this week? So they, they get healthy, they get a little bit of relaxed, but they don't get too relaxed. Uh, you know, and that's the coach's job to keep them on their, uh, on their toes and, and get ready. A uh, little time off is good, you know, especially towards the middle of the season. You're a little banged up. It's good to get healthy and, and get your all, all the guys who've got little things and such uh, ready to play again. And, and I think, uh, you know, hopefully the bye week will, will do them good. And they can cut, you know, they've got almost two weeks to prepare pr- prepare for one team. And, and that should help. And the Giants are struggling. You know, they only got to have two wins. And, uh, you know, it's another opportunity for the, for the Raiders to take advantage of a team that is struggling and get another victory under their belt. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And uh, Rich Basaccia, he met with the, the media earlier today, and I was just explaining before you popped on how much I like the way he explains things and talks to each one of us kind of almost individually. Uh, I know it's only been a small sample size, only a couple of games, but what have you seen from uh, Rich Basaccia so far? Well, you know, nothing to take away from uh, Coach Gruden. Uh, you know, Basaccia is ready to step in, into the job. Uh, you know, he's done a great job uh, uh, without a doubt uh, getting these guys ready each and every week. Uh, uh, when they take they, when they take the field, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I see a guy who's confident, uh, knows what he's doing out there, uh, puts players in the proper position to do their job, and and the results are showing it. You know, two two really really fine uh, football games the last two weeks. Yeah, it really has been. And again, I mean, it's it's like you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but it is a, right. a fun time uh, for Raider Nation. They're excited about what they're seeing on the field 
from the Silver and Black. And speaking of Raider Nation, uh, one, you were at the Coors Light Landing. You were talking to JT and Eric Allen, and there were so many Raider fans around just greeting you guys. That, that I thought was awesome. But we just had my guy Carlos Los just came by, and, and you were actually at his tailgate party uh, as, a, you know, an honoree of uh, Raider Nation and just went out there with a, a helmet. And he just came by and said how much that meant to him. Uh, so he appreciated that. What does it mean to you to see Raider Nation and the passion that they have? Oh, it's great. You know, these fans are fired up each and every week. Uh, uh, and no matter what the situation, no matter how the Raiders are playing, they show up uh, uh, with uh, a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, you know, they're great fans. They follow the Raiders all over the country. Believe me, I've traveled you know, <laughs> uh, to every place uh, uh, that there's a football team. And all of a sudden, you see Raider fans in their gear in the ho- team hotel looking to hopefully run across a player in, in the hotel. Uh, but they're there for you, win or lose. Uh, you know, they show up, and they are great fans. There's no doubt about that. How much did that mean to you when you were playing just to see that love and that passion from the fan base to, to come and embrace you? Oh, it's great. You know, there's, there's nothing like it. You're in a, in a foreign city, so to speak, uh, uh, getting ready to play a game, and here, here you see you step out to the hotel, and there's more, more fans dressed in Raider gear than they are, they are <laughs> of the opponent. So that's pretty great to see when you step off the bus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, like I say, every time it's always great to catch up with you and be able to kind of review and go over the game that we just saw. Again, the Raiders come away with the victory. are sitting there at 5-2, and two, and uh, they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves but don't want to get too too far ahead. It's still a long season to go. But uh, you got if you're the Raiders and you're in that locker room and you're in the bye week right now, Jim, you've got to feel pretty stinking good about what you've been able to accomplish so far. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. They, they've played exceptionally well for most of the year. They struggled a little bit, as we said, when they, in those two losses, but they bounced right back, and, and they are feeling good about themselves. But now this is when you push yourself harder. Uh, you know, you don't take anything for granted. Uh, you work uh, harder than you did the week before because you know people are going to be gunning for you more. They're, they know what you can do now. They've got a feel for you, possibly. Uh, and so you just have to concentrate on execution, getting the ball down the field if you're on offense, uh, defensively shutting them out when you can. You know, they shut them out for two quarters. Uh, yesterday, and, and that was great to see. And, uh, you know, they've just got to keep the passion going. Yeah, they really do. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun week to just kind of enjoy and reflect and think about uh, what the Raiders could do for possibly coming out of the bye week. So, Jim, as always, we thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, it was great to see you at the at the stadium yesterday, and I know the fan base was excited and fired up to see you as well. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you uh, after the next game. Uh, you're absolutely right. Looking forward to it. And as I say, go Raiders. <laughs> there you go. Go Raiders from the great Jim Plunkett. Thank you so much. It's always great to catch up with, uh, with Jim and uh, hear what he had to, had to say or what he saw from the game the day before. So uh, good stuff right there. We definitely appreciate him and appreciate all the Raider Nation that's been fired up. And I'll tell you, man, what a win we'll do. My man Danny, he has a you – your, does your headset work or no? No, it doesn't work. Okay, he just shook me off. His headset doesn't work. I was going to let him uh, jump on the headset because – I'll tell you right now, we just got blitzed here at the table. We got blitzed. I've been here every week outside the very first week of the of the football season uh, when the Raiders took on Baltimore for that first Monday night football game. We didn't do a show here. But every week we've been here since, including the Raider game against the Chargers. And that was the most that we've been blitzed. And as quickly as we just got blitzed. We must have had, started off with uh, Cassie Soto and Fam, but we – must have had a good 10 to 12 people just hit us, boom, at the same time. I love it. I love it. That's my element. Now, I know I go a little sideways and left turn, right turn, this and that, and I might do some weird things in the meantime and between time, but 
This is what it's all about, man. We're having a lot of fun. So come on out here to the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got a lot of folks lined up at the bar. Josh Jacobs' jersey is up there at the bar. Darren Waller's up there at the bar. I'm still going to find out what that number 15 is. We gotta, we'll find out in the commercial break if that's a Crabtree or an Aguilar. I don't think that's – could be Johnny Lee Higgins, but I don't think it's that much of a throwback. I think Crabtree would be my pr- preference. I liked Michael Crabtree. I used to call him Michael Crabtree. I was actually angry when the Raiders didn't draft him to begin with out of Texas Tech, but that's a whole other conversation. Nelly was nice last year. Don't get me wrong. Why you got to take a break, DeMond? Why you, why you trying to bow up on me, man? You're not even here and you're trying to bow up on me. <laughs> he said just take the break. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, I'm out. Me, personally, I'm out of time in my life. I mean, I, you know, I, I've told those guys we end a lot of the meetings at the end, night before the game, is you just got to try to find a way to have more fun than you've ever had before. And sometimes in this league, the only way to have fun is to win games. You know, so, um, again, the only way in this league to have fun is really you have to find ways to win games. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know, don't talk about that phrase, trademark, not to use the other tradition, Ricky Bobby Inc. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Shout out to Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. And, well, the Raiders are first. 5-2 and two AFC West, they're first there. And currently second in the AFC. Currently the second seed in the AFC. That's a big deal. It's a real big deal. Again, that's a, that's a product of them having those early games against AFC opponents and doing really well. Only game they lost against the AFC opponent was that Charger game. So shout out to the Raiders for, for handling their business when they needed to. And right now, number two seed in the AFC and number one in the AFC West. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I mentioned the fact that uh, there was a 15 jersey at the bar. I did not go check out who it was, but we did get a couple of great texters on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. It's probably a Flores jersey, Q. And then, hey, number 15, you sure it's not Tom Flores? And, duh, I don't even know why to think that. I don't think it is because it looks like it's a newer Nike-type jersey. So I don't think it is, but that was a great, that's a great response, great answers. So thank you so much for that. Let's hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Raider Reggie. What's on your mind, Raider Reggie, right here in Vegas? Q! What's up, Mine, y'all, my people, man. I, I, again, you know, on Victory Mondays, my voice is always whack. <laughs> I lost my voice. But, bro, right now, I, I wish I could recall when you were talking <laughs> when you were talking to our guy, uh, and he says, "Q, I noticed something, and this is how you play the defense." <laughs> <laughs> Lester Hayes, shout out to Lester Hayes. I mean, I can't even say it, but he said, and the defense was legally whooping men's ass. (laughs) That's how I felt at the game, bro. I'm sitting there looking at these. I had, like, I had three Eagle fans to the right, two directly in front of me, and, like, three to my rear left. And, you know, it was Raider fans in between. And when that onside kick happened, I'm looking at them like, are you kidding me? And they were ready to leave at that point. And we wasn't even whooping them that bad yet. 
Right. But that was the other turning point for me. That play that you said was definitely a turning point because it yeah. was like, why would you give him another chance? Right. And then for that onside kick, I'm like, this is like you try to pull this trick on somebody and they catch you. They know what you're trying to pull off. And the Raiders just said, no, it ain't happening. Right. 30 unanswered, bro. 30 unanswered. That's dominant, straight dominant. Yes, we got a little bit sloppy, but I think that was based on them getting a little bit where they, they drop back in the zone a little bit. But I'm telling you, that defense looked vicious. That offense was killing them. The O-line, I get them mad props. And I switched up. When they announced that Waller wasn't going to go, I picked, I pulled Foster Moreau onto my fantasy team, and he <laughs> helped me out tremendously. So ah, nice. I'm loving it, man. I'm going to do my best to come see you tonight, man. I wanted to see you at the game. But I just beg all of Raider Nation, I don't care if you come to Vegas just to go to the tailgate. Come to Vegas. Go to that stadium. You have to see it, and hopefully you can go inside. It is amazing. And every single Raider fan that I see, if I could high-five you, pound you, hug you, whatever it is, I love my Raider Nation family. And Q, you part of it. Demond. Get your butt on the bandwagon right now. <laughs> this is the time. Roll! There's Raider Reggie right there, fired up, not mad at that. Great call. You know, and I do think that that, uh, that Alec Ingold play to start third quarter was huge. And I was going to ask Rich Basaccia about that today in the media session, but uh, Vinny Bonsignor actually uh, beat me to it. And you can hear Vinny come up in the huddle from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. He beat me to it. And asked him about that. And I, this was my belief before he was asked about it, that him being a special teams coach, he was in that locker room saying, hey, this is what we need to watch out for because special teams-wise, there's a chance they're going to try to steal a possession as they're down. And we just gave up points before halftime. And then we get the ball coming out of the locker room. There's an opportunity for us to go down and score. That's the conversation I'm thinking Rich Passaccia is having with the guys in the locker room. And then Alec Ingold prepares himself. And so, long story short, Rich Passaccia <clears throat> excuse me, mentioned that they had talked about it in the locker room and that Alec Ingold did cheat up a little bit and move over to the side a little bit because they were looking for that. That is the benefit to having a special teams coach as also the head coach because that's something that he's going to be paying attention to. So I thought that that was, that was big right there. We got a text on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Dude, I got 20 that says it's a Flores jersey. Go look, bro. I don't think it is, but it might be. You might be right. I'm not going to bet you 20 bucks. I don't know if you know where I work. I don't make that much money. But I will definitely check, or else I'll send, I'll send Danny to go check. I'll find out before the show's over. Oh, and this is why. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you stopping by. The image is selling Flores jerseys because of the Hall of Fame induction, so maybe it was. Okay. Well, I'll check. I, I can't tell. Danny, can you go ask her so this conversation doesn't last for, like, the whole show? <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Good looking out. Danny's going to go check and, and confirm who that is or not. Let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to uh, my brother from the Lone Star State, El Paso Raider. What's on your mind, my man? I'm great, man. How are you doing? Raiders! Hey, big shout-out to, to old boy Ron, Raider Reggie, man. Hey, we share the same birthday month, baby. You nice. Know, uh, 
My, Ra- my Raiders my Raiders won against the Donkeys the last week, and now I'm glad that he got a win this weekend. You know what? That was a dominant that was dominant win. You you know when was the last time, as a Raider fan, that you feel like oh man we're dominating like most of the time either we're we're at the edge of our seats or it ends up ugly at the end. You know what I'm saying? This time it was like nah we got this. Even though they were coming back towards the end, it still felt like nah we still got a hold of this game. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it, it's, it's never been that way. And then I know that you know me man I've been coming into this to this uh to, to this radio station which I love. Thank you guys for everything you do by the way. Um, it's it's one of those things that I've been saying, you know, and I would get a lot of heat from Raider fans saying, you know what, uh, I feel like the players out there look like robots, you know what I mean? They they, they couldn't ex- execute right because they didn't want to make a mistake. And that was because, first of all, on defense, Paul Gunther's defense was too complicated. He never simplified it. And now look what Gus has done. He simplified it. These guys are having fun. They're flying around. They're getting it done. They're getting the job done. Same thing on offense. I feel like John Gruden's offense was too complicated. I feel like Derek Carr looked like a robot once in a while. You know what I'm saying? He was like... Uh, instead of letting them go out there and play, you know, Derek Carr is one of the best at a at, at the shotgun to spread offers up in Fresno. How he did it, he he throws the ball down the field, man. He's a he's he's a Al Davis type quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 John Gruden, all he wanted to do was run, um, move the chain, control the clock, and do what he had to do. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't win games, but in this time of, uh, uh, of age, you know, you got you got to score touchdowns because nowadays, man, a good defense out there is the one that creates turnovers and gives it back to the offense, you know what I'm saying? Because nowadays, everybody scores. I mean, you got the worst team in the league scoring points, you know what I'm saying? Right. And one thing I got to say is, hey, thanks to the Tennessee Titans, but DeMond, you got to jump into a bandwagon, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I thank you for, the, for being the KC Queens, man. That's all I got to say, but you got to jump into the bandwagon, brother. There he goes. Great call right there, El Paso Raider. Thank you so much for that. Good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, I got a lot of points that I want to bring up, but I'm going to take a quick break so DeMond don't get angry at me in the home studios. We're live at the Underground Lounge inside the OYO Hotel and Casino. One hour already in the books. That's ridiculous. But we're going to have a good time coming up in hour number two. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get some more of your calls in. H in Albuquerque, hold on. We'll get to you. Plus, I got some calls and texts that I want to get to. And my man Danny has solved the Jersey mystery. I'll just say it's not Tom Flores' jersey. So I would have won that $20 bet, but good thing we didn't make that bet. I'll tell you who it is and what it says when we return. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.